Yo, yo, everybody. Welcome back to Deadstock Podcast. This is episode four. I'm your host, Vaughn Saunders, and as always, my co-host, Major Crawford, a.k.a. Mage. What's up? How y'all doing? Major, co-host <laughs> of Deadstock. Let's get it going. This is one, one of my favorite episodes right now, so got gotcha, some good gotcha. stuff in As always, Major Lifeline, stream it, shop it. Y'all know the vibes. Uh, this is an interesting episode today. Today we're going to be getting into a couple topics, but we're going to start off with musicians getting involved in sneakers. So when you think musicians involved in sneakers, the first one that has to come to your mind, Kanye West. So we're going to just start out with Kanye West, Yeezys, and the evolution of his brand itself. And uh, I'm just going to kind of give a little rundown on it for those of you that might not be aware, and we're just going to kind of go from there. So... The evolution of Kanye West, sneakers, getting to the Yeezys. In 2005, Kanye attempted to get a deal with Nike and Adidas centered around the dropout bear from his college dropout album, but he was unsuccessful in securing that deal. So he kind of kept on looking around, looking for brands to align himself with. And in 2007, he came out with uh, an affiliation with Bape, and that was his first sneaker in 07. In 2009, he paired with Nike for the Air Yeezys. So the Air Yeezy sneakers were released in 2009. Kanye then signed a deal with Louis Vuitton before the next line of Air Yeezys came out. And there was a shoe with Louis Vuitton that retailed for about $1,000 when they uh, when that line initially released. Today, those three LB sneakers, the Don C's, Mr. Hudson, and the Jaspers, they all cost about five figures. Um, actually. It seems as though the retail on all of them has gone up by about probably thousand percent, I believe. It's it's crazy. Um, it, it's crazy the resale value on those. I think we were talking about we just saw one that might be around like twenty five, thirty grand. So crazy to see how that kind of came around. So I mean, the LV was a success, but it wasn't really what Ye was looking for. So uh, in twenty twelve, the Air Yeezy two released and. A little bit of an adjustment from the uh, the first Air Yeezys. Uh, he added a wavy heel and a little bit of a snakeskin material around the top. So a little bit of a different look around it. But in 2013 was where it really took off. In 2013, Kanye left Nike and he signed a $10 million deal with Adidas to work on the new collab. That collab being, of course, the Yeezys. So when you get into the Yeezys, Kanye released the first Yeezy sneaker, the 750s, back in 2015. In that same year, he released the 350 Boost as well as the 950s. So he released three models in that first year, uh, two years after the collaboration was announced and really got it up and running. Uh, Since then, he's released notable sneakers such as the 700s and the 500s, both in the year 2017. In 2018, he did an interview where he was quoted saying he wants Yeezys for everybody. And it was kind of thought of as like a a marketing scheme, which it pretty much was. but ironically, it really worked out because even though Yeezys were already booming then, there was kind of like this sense that only a certain group of people had them. It was almost like a cult following type of thing or maybe like a little bit of a like a fashion statement type of thing. But it really became a feeling within the last few years that Yeezys are for everybody. So uh, in 2019, the Yeezy 380s came out. And then you have last year in 2020, the phone runners were released and that was 
huge uh, in pop culture and in the sneaker community specifically because it was like the first sneaker-based Croc. And with Crocs making a, a blast onto the pop culture scene, having like a sneaker-based Croc was something that was unorthodox. It was something that kind of caught everybody's attention right out the gate, and it just took off from the jump. Also, he has a Yeezy Slides that he's been releasing since 2018. Um, obviously, you can see in the models the different evolutions. Uh, and the most recent ones that have dropped are, again, basically, they're all the rage right now. So, um, Mitch, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on some of the models of Yeezys. What's your favorite model? Um, just kind of, I know you're you're an avid collector of them, so I kind of wanted to see what your thoughts are on them. All right. Um, so my favorite models are 700 V1s or V2s. Um, I love them because of the comfort um, and how you can lay them, like how you can style them with different uh, jeans or pants or shorts. They look right with almost every fit. I also like the uh, also like the 350s and the phone runners. Uh, the phone runners is just mad different. Um, like you said, it's a croc. It's comfortable. It's like a sneaker-based croc almost. And they're like, the way they're shaped is pretty dope. And on top of the 350s, this is the everyday, you know, pick these up, put these on, go to the gym, or put these on for, you know, run to the market or something like that. Those are my favorites. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I agree with you on that. I would definitely have to say the 350s are my favorites. I just got my first pair of 350s. I uh, just got them delivered to me last week. I bought them, I think, like two weeks ago. So uh, I got the uh, 350 Carbons and got them. I haven't worn them out yet. I just tried them on, just kind of got a feel for them. I love them. Obviously, everybody knows the comfort, and that's like a big factor in them. But I also really like the 700s. I think the aesthetic of the 700s are super dope. Um some of the other ones are like really hit and miss for me. Um, like for example, I would say the seven fifties are a bit of a miss for me. I'm not really a huge fan of the phone runners, but like the ones that, that land for me really land for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like the seven fifties. I like how um, he launched at the time he launched a shoe that was different from most sneakers that were out. So with the seven fifties, I, I felt as though they were really, uh, they were one different too. They were like exclusive back then. I don't think they released since like 2016. So that was just like like an exclusive sneaker to have. Um, the 350 V1s again. Um, they were crazy. I had my my hand on two pairs actually, the Pirate Blacks and the Turtle Dove. So they meant a lot to me as well. Um, I'm gonna say the 500s. I really had to get get into the 500s because of the shape and how they feel on foot. Um, I would say go up a size or go up half a size, but the shape, I really only can wear them with like cargo pants or like some type of a special type of jean or sweatpants. Like can't really wear them much for me personally, how I would like to dress. Yeah, I remember you was having that uh, dilemma the other day where you sent me, what was it? I think it was the 500s, and you was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to throw with these. Yeah. But um, I told you, I'm like, yeah, you got to invest in some cargo pants or something because there's 
there are certain models that only look right on foot with a certain type of pairing, like bottom pairing. So, I mean, but yeah, like I said, the ones that are hits for me are big hits, but the ones mm-hmm. that are misses are real big misses. So, like, I'm really not big on the phone runners. Uh, I'm really not big on the slides personally, but I know that uh, I seem to kind of be in the minority of that. Like, I I hate the slides. I'm not going to lie. You got to try the slides. I say, um, you know, like, how you like slides with, like, the strap? Try those first for comfortability. They're pretty, like, they're earth tones, so they go with almost anything. Um, they're also just really, like, mad comfortable because of the materials. But for the slide, the newer slides... I would say like you have to really want to wear them because they're comfortable, but like they're just basic. And yeah, I feel like those are more so hype beast. The yeah, the, the latest ones are more so hype beast. The the strap ones, I believe you're talking about the 2018 ones. Um, I'm kind of cool on them no, right now, especially because I know that they they gotta be up there in price right now. But yeah, it's a pair that I just saw for two thousand dollars when they retailed at probably about fifty five. Yeah, and I'm never I'm not throwing two grand on any slide ever. So I mean I'm it's probably gonna be a wave I'm gonna have to miss something I'm just glad to hear about. But I do understand and I mean I have seen sometimes like some type of uh pairings that have made me hate them less. Not even just the slides, but also like the other models, like I said, the uh seven fifties phone runners I'm still not with, but uh what was it? The nine fifties, I've seen some pairings that I can kind of like imagine myself throwing together, but it's not something that I think I can really do much with. It's not something that I think I can have much range with. So that's kind of like my apprehension with them. The thing with Yeezy is it went from being like how you said earlier so exclusive to everyone like that everyone messed the game up because even resale is like the resale prices are dropping it's too many colorways too many unnecessary colorways as well like i know that for 350s um the v2 model is just if you got a pair you you're just better off keeping them than you are reselling them because so many out there and the resale value isn't that high anymore yeah like i got my 350 uh the v2s i want to say i got them for like 250 so i mean i've been trying to get some v1s but the resale on those obviously are nuts like i think i wanted the uh was like the bread the bread v1s and them i think they were they wanted to they might have been around like 1200 so for v1s for V1s, you're going to spend a minimum of probably like $800. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. But, I mean, the game, got to charge it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, well, we spent a good about 10 minutes on that. So I kind of want to move forward to the next one, but stay in the Adidas family. We're going to move forward to Pharrell with the uh, human race. And I don't really want to get too deep into these, but I wanted to talk about the aesthetic. These are... These are some that I actually really like. So, I mean, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on them. I think they're really simple. I kind of like how the laces are, like, high up by, like, around where the tongue area would be. 
Um, they look comfortable, real like soft kind of material, real casual type of like athletic wear. But yeah, I think that they look kind of dope at the same time. So what, what's your thoughts on that? All right. So real quick, he just took the idea of having like an NMD and basically stamped his name on it. Uh, I, I love it. Um, I love the most thing, I, the, the most important thing that I love about it is because he put messages on them, positive messages on the front of the sneaker. Like one might say clouds, one might say moon, one might say stars, one might say earth, one might say breathe. Like little reminders of everyday life and things you just got to take in. One says human race. Like you got to love that. And on top of that, um, like you said, the shape of it is dope. But again, it went from something that's like, that was so exclusive at one point to like now it's a ton of colorways and it's just like mm, some of these aren't hitting. He's starting to make a return though with him. I, I can see where he's going and uh, I kind of like it for the, like he just dropped some black ones, some white ones, black, blue and, and white. So I was like, all right, Pharrell, get your flowers right now, buddy. Yeah, I mean, and you figure that's how it's going to go because when you see something that catches on, you don't want to really stop. So yeah. you're going to kind of reach into those different lanes, go into the different colorways and all that. Um, like you said, I like the messages on them. I saw the ones that said breathe. I actually was about to get them the other day. I think with the, I think it was a black colorway. Um, I also saw some of like different symbols. So he's got like ones with like some symbols on them and just kind of like different languages and all that. So I think it's real cool how he kind of tries to blend cultures with that. Um, but Pharrell's always been an innovator, as we know, in the music world. So it's not really that big of a a shock that he would be so in the fashion world. But, yeah, it was pretty dope. Uh, staying with Adidas again, I kind of want to move over to Beyonce with the Ivy Park Adidas. And I believe we were talking about it. And you said it's Ivy Park by Icy Park. So it's kind of like a collab. You want to touch on that a little bit? All right. So she had Ivy Park like by herself. And then she just recently dropped a collab with uh, a rapper named Gucci Man uh, called Icy Park. So with um, that collab, it was more so of a unisex line. Everything was for both sexes, uh, from sneakers to coats to sweatpants to hoodies. Everything in that one drop was unisex. But the prior, the prior um, drops that Beyonce did with Ivy Park, they were popping. And, you know, if I had a special lady in my life, what are some Ivy Park? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just be honest. What about Ivy Park? I mean, it's not a bad idea. And what I like about it, what I like about the collaboration is kind of like the play on words because I think that's a big part of the marketing. You got Ivy Park, obviously, it's like Blue Ivy, so putting that in there. Icy Park, for those that aren't familiar with Gucci Man, Icy is one of his, that's that's the persona. So it's like a combination of personas, a male and a female perspective to create a unisex line. I thought that was really dope in itself. Um, and that just kind of drew my eye to the, to the branding itself. I don't really have too much of a thought on the actual footwear. But I do think that it's a, I think it's a really dope idea, and I'm, I'm all for supporting stuff like that. And real quick, the packaging too. Um, I know she sent uh, certain like influencers 
and uh, her friends, um, you know, it was icy part. So she sent the sneaker wrap, like super wrap, so it won't get wet or anything, but in like a big glacier of ice. It was dope. I was like, oh, snap. And again, that goes to the dual branded type of thing like that. Stuff like that is just super dope. That'll make me want to buy just because of kind of like the culture value to it. I need to get in Beyonce's circle. And get <laughs> yeah, they they do insane marketing. We're going to get to her husband in a minute, but they do insane marketing with that family, man. Um, but before we move on to that, I'm going to mention right now, probably one of the hottest artists in the world, Bad Bunny. And we got the... Uh, we got the Bad Bunny form with Adidas, two sneakers I wanted to talk about, the cafe and the Easter egg colorways. I I mean, like, I got the Easter egg colorway, Bad Bunny, Easter, cool. I thought that was a nice idea to kind of like, it, it was an easy one to throw out there. I'm not really a huge fan of them. The cafes, though, I like those a lot, and those, when they dropped, were huge, man. Yeah, I like the, the cafes. The Easter eggs, uh, I think... I think it's all about how you lay the Easter eggs, like how you put your fit on with them. You have to have like, that's like a swagged out outfit, but like a very bright colored outfit. <laughs> yeah, like the 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 browns that you were just talking about, the cafe ones. I actually like those. Uh, this is my first time seeing them in that color, so it was pretty like looking at them down. They're pretty fire. Yeah, I think that's something where we were talking about the. Uh, the Yeezys earlier where you were talking about you had a problem kind of laying, what was it, the 500s? You had mm-hmm. problems laying them with, like, uh, certain bottoms, like jeans and cargos and all that. The uh, cafes are something that you can lay with really Anything. any type of bottom. Yeah. Um, sometimes, like, you obviously got to depend on the color of it. But that's something that's really – it's just really wearable. Uh, you can get a lot of usage out of it, but it's also just a really dope collab, dope-looking shoe. Yeah, I'm surprised by this shoe. I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be a miss because at first I only seen the back tab and I was like, "What is he doing?" But <laughs> I actually like them as I'm seeing like different angles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're pretty dope. All right, but let's uh let's move on to something that we disagree on for this one. So we move into a Nike shoe. We got Kendrick Lamar with the damn collection. Obviously, it was a. Uh, Album inspired from his 2017, I want to say, album, Damn. And you like these. You were trying to convince me to like them. I absolutely hate these. (laughs) I I love them. Uh, One, it it touches on, like, old school hip-hop Compton culture. Um, And just old school school sneaker culture. Um, I bet if we mention to our parents Nike Cortez, the first thing they're going to say, them Jones is hot, but we're in a younger generation, so I understand your viewpoint. But I, I personally love these. Um, one, Kendrick's is like Kendrick is like one of my top two artists of all time, and then two, uh, with the damn sneaker, that album just meant like a, a ton to me. So I'm proud. I was just gonna back anything that came out with it, but mm-hmm. I like the fact that he brought out the Cortez. Um, it represents Compton. It represents the album uh, with the concept of Kung Fu Kenny. Like when you see the shoe, it's like, it's not like an original Cortez. It's kind of like shaped to look like a karate shoe. So it's pretty dope. 
I mean, I think the the concept is dope. I like that you can connect it to the album. I'm always be a fan of that. Uh, Damn didn't really resonate with me on the album spectrum as much as it did with you and like a lot of core Kendrick fans. So maybe the hue didn't take on any added meaning to me. I just kind of looked at the aesthetic of it. They look like bowling shoes to me, man. They look like bowling shoes with the word damn written on the side. And it's like, like, honestly, when I first saw them, I was like, damn, like they kind of ugly. <laughs> but no, he got the, he got the red ones that say don't trip. Yeah, no. And I, I've seen those. Like it's not, it's not just the regular, uh, Mm-hmm. rebrand on the Cortez with the damn like you said he has other ones out there but when you look out when you look up the damn collection it's that's that's the that's the face of the shoe like that's the yeah. what, what do you want to call it that's like the face of the collaboration that that damn Cortez and I I can't get into it as much as I tried to as much as I tried to be uh, open to it I can't do it it almost to me looks like uh, it looks like an old man shoe. Yeah, it's like a caved-in shell top. Like I'm not, I, and I just can't really rock with it. But again, the concept is cool. I support the idea, but I can't support it in terms of like a purchase. But again, for the Compton connection, for the album inspiration, I think it's really dope, and I think that core fans should definitely look for that because that's something that's like really connective. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to move forward, though, now with a uh, fashion icon, if you will, ASAP Rocky and Under Armour collab with SRLO. And uh, for those of you that don't know, SRLO is inspired by 1990s skate and rave culture. The SRLO stands for Skate Rave Low. Um, he teamed with a former pro skater, Dave Mayhew, to design the sneaker. To me, it's real on brand for ASAP Rocky. It's like a little exotic, but... It's something that's like realistic. Um, I like it. It's it looks simple enough to where you can kind of do a lot with it, but it's like I said, it's out of the ordinary enough to where it it's eye catching. And that's kind of to me what ASAP style has always been, taking like the simple colors or the simple blends or whatever and making it like exotic looking. So it's on brand for him, in my opinion, and it's something that I would definitely be interested in. Yeah, um, I, I actually like the the, the S the SRLOs. Um, it was ASAP with Under Armour and his own brand that he has now, AUG. Um, I don't know if some of you guys are familiar with AUG that's listening. Definitely check it out. It's a lot of like weird eccentric pieces now, but it, it's always been a hit for me. I've always liked ASAP's. Uh, style um kind of like inspiration to you know some of my pieces my weird pieces so um yeah i'm in all support of this shoe um i want to see more of them though i want to see more colorways because right now i think he only had the black one yeah with the purple so i want to see him like really get eccentric with it because i know asap is yeah, you know it will. Colors with the colors is crazy. Yeah, you know it will. I think it was just the idea of getting that combination with skate and rave. You got to find something that resonates with both. Mm-hmm. So I like it. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking to see more forward from it. Um, but uh, if we're gonna stay in that uh, ASAP group, that ASAP mob, if you will, ASAP Nast with the Reebok collab, the classic leather legacy. I love these. Um, 
And I love these because it does a nice blend of tones. It's a simple hue. looks like it fits well. Um, I always kind of like the little back tab that like rises above like the heel. I always like, I'm always a fan of that. I don't know what it is about that, but I always like that. That's like a little simple thing for me. Um, like I said, the tones aren't too out there, but they're good enough to where you have like a little subtle purple. Uh, you got like a little tannish brown in there. You got like a lot of different shades that you could do stuff with, but it also still looks like a classic clean looking sneak. Yeah, it's like a sneaker you can like, it's like a classic sneaker, like you said, um, that you can clean up any type of outfit with, whether you have it on with a button down or a t-shirt, a hoodie, a, a polo shirt, anything. Like you can wear that with a lot of different pieces. And uh, I, I like the colorways as well. Um, I'm not too big on Reebok, but this would make me pay more attention to Reebok, especially with them uh, collabing. I know they had older collabs, like when we were younger, like with Jay-Z and 50 Cent, but I haven't really been on Reebok for years. Last thing I think Reebok did that I had was some Ziggs. Okay. Yeah, no, Um, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, If we're moving out of Reebok, I want to move into Puma. And mm -hmm. you talked about uh, artists you're always going to support that resonates with you, Kendrick Lamar. I can mention one that's always going to resonate with me, J. Cole, and the Puma RS Dreamer. Um, so the RS stands for running system. So basically, these are a basketball shoe. Uh, they're they're made to be breathable basketball shoes. They have a mesh top. They have foam midsole. So they're made to be breathable, comfortable. And it took everything in my power not to buy these on like three different occasions. And I say that because... They're specifically a basketball shoe. I don't really hoop that much. So it's like I would get them just as a collectible. And at the time, I didn't know if I really wanted to get a collectible or something that I was going to wear often. So that was kind of what made me go with the, uh, the the V2 Carbons that we talked about earlier. But the Dreamers, man, I love them. I love how it's black, but it's got like little kind of like patches of other colors mixed in. Uh, I like the little dreamer tag on there. Everything about that shoe. I'm always going to support whatever Cole does, but this shoe in general just looks really dope. And I've seen it like in action as a basketball shoe. Like uh, I know Kyle Kuzma and Marvin Bagley, both in the NBA bubble, where they were like, I think the first two NBA players to uh, wear these on court. And they, they look great on court. They look great in the images. To me, I would try to wear them as a casual shoe, but since they're made for a basketball, I don't want to even really – I don't want to disrespect the shoe like that, but um, I'm I'm a huge fan of these, man. Yeah, um, I like them. Uh, it's not really my go-to. I don't really wear like basketball sneakers like that. But um, yeah, I I actually like uh, Cole's shoe um, more so for the fact that I like specific colorways. Like I like the red one. Um, I know we spoke on that outside of the podcast. And also, you know, the white ones with the different accents, like you were saying, the different colorways. So the packaging is also dope. If you, I don't know if you've seen the packaging yet, but it's actually pretty fire. I honestly haven't even paid attention to the packaging. Like you said, I looked at the blacks, the reds, the whites, and like I, I fell in love with the black ones. I love the white ones. The red ones are not really that big one, honestly. Like I like them, but I didn't fall in love with them. So, yeah. but to answer your question, no, I hadn't even seen the packaging. I just kind of. 
Fell in love with the shoe itself. Packaging is pretty dope. Um, I'll, I'll send it over to you. But, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I like them. I wouldn't wear them casually I, I, unless I'm wearing them with like some classic sweatpants, like, you know, the ones that really hug your ankle. Like, yeah, yeah, and that's my point. Like, gym. I would wear them as a casual, so I didn't really want to do that because I don't know how often I would even break those out for that. I wanted to get something that I know I'm going to actually do a lot with. Mm-hmm. Um, We're going to bump off of that. We're going to move forward. So we talked about Beyonce earlier, and I said we were going to get to her husband later on. Here it is later on. So Jay-Z, uh, one thing a lot of people probably don't know about Jay-Z is that he is the Puma basketball creative director. And what that means is he's responsible for creative direction and recruitment of NBA up-and-comers as well as artists to the Puma brand. So he brings in up-and-coming NBA players. He brings in up-and-coming musicians to join the Puma brand and, again, continue with their uh, their Q collaborations. Uh, I think that's really dope. Uh, we'll get to it with the next sneaker after Jay-Z, but, like, Puma does a lot of good things in terms of, like, trying to uh, distribute out to the communities. They try to kind of – they try to they try to put the efforts towards good causes, and I think that that's awesome. So um, I think that was a nice a nice collaboration uh, with somebody like Jay-Z, who obviously has been very vocal and instrumental in – activism in many different ways. So I like that, but also I do want to mention the album inspired 444 Puma Clyde shoes that Jay-Z had. Uh, I can't remember when 444 came out. I want to say it's got to be like, it was 17? Yeah, I was thinking it was like 16. All right, cool. So looking around 2017, the 444, the Puma Clyde shoes, those, that, uh, that colorway specifically, I'm not a fan of. I mean, it just goes off of the album cover. And it's got like the 444, I believe, on like the back, like the heel, um, or the ankle, I should say, which is cool, but I'm not really a fan of them. Puma Clyde's really got to get me with a certain colorway. And usually with those, they got to be basic. So, like, if they're like white Puma Clyde's with like a green accent or a red accent, that's something I really like. But a uh, Puma Clyde with a base color is something that's like unorthodox. I'm not going to really like that much just because the model of the shoe itself doesn't really jump out to me enough to be like a fan of the universal branding itself. Um, I like the Puma Clydes. Uh, I think that's a shoe that, like, if you're from Philly, you definitely had in your closet at least once in your lifetime. But um, I, I, I love them because not only is Jay-Z my favorite artist, but 444 is a great album. That's, like, one of my favorite hip-hop albums as well. And with the Puma Clydes, I just thought it was dope to have, like, you know, the branding of the album, uh, especially with, like, the barcode, like, if you were to purchase the album, it's basically the album cover, but also it was limited. It was, like, really, really limited in the number of pairs and everything, so that was dope. So if you got those, lucked up. Yeah, man. And it goes back to kind of what you said with Kendrick, where the album resonated with you, that, uh, that album inspired shoe was always going to be a hit for those types of fans. Um, I want to go off to Jay Z and I want to continue with Puma, but I want to go with uh, I want to go with Meek. So Meek Mill has a Clyde Court reformed basketball shoe. Uh, so we're staying with the basketball shoe idea, but uh, it's a Puma sponsorship, 
and advocates for criminal justice reform. And the dope thing about this is that 100% of the proceeds are contributed to Reform Alliance, which is a criminal justice reform organization. So in general about the shoe, I like the shoe. It's a fairly typical basketball shoe. Um, Looks kind of supportive, nice little look, nothing too out of the ordinary. But I just love the idea of the collaboration. If if you're familiar with Meek Mill, you know his, uh, his history. You know, he has, he spent some time, obviously, in prison um, on kind of uh, controversial circumstances, if you will, which led to a lot of activists, including Jay-Z, kind of fighting for criminal justice reform. So I thought that it was really dope that under, kind of like, almost like under the tutelage of Jay-Z in that same realm of like Jay-Z being the creative director and me coming in and working on a shoe where the proceeds go to criminal justice reform. I thought that was an awesome idea. I think it sends a great message. Again, like I said, the shoe itself looks nice. Um, it's simple enough to where it, it, it's just, it's a good look. Um, it's a good look for a basketball sense, but it's a better look for the social outlook. Yeah, yeah. I love this sneaker. Um, one, it's all red. Uh, two, um, and I don't even like red, but I keep saying it, but it's all red. And uh, it says on the shoe, we couldn't, we had to be seen because we couldn't be heard. Small actions mean a lot. And that message was just powerful within itself. So shout out to me, Fred, you. Um, and with what the proceeds of the shoe went towards, um, he had other Puma collabs, but that was the biggest one, I think. Yeah, man. Most, I, the most impactful one as well. Yeah, I like that message a lot. Like I said, I think that that, that goes above anything that the shoe itself could have done. I think that that's super awesome. Um, I did want to move into one more Puma collab, and that's Rihanna with the Puma Fenty collab. And what I like about what I like about that is obviously Rihanna's jumped out of that music bag into where she's basically a mogul, where Fenty is a worldwide just it's it's a mega brand at this point. Um, and jumping in that lane of shoes, I like the versatility. I like the range of shoe models. And what I mean by that is she has boots, which are really the most common Fenty footwear I see out. Um, she has athletic shoes as well, and she also has just the casual footwear. I really like how she's able to kind of make things work from three different lanes. It's not something you see a lot. So, like, we just talked about Meek, where it's specifically a basketball shoe. Cole, a specifically a basketball shoe. We got, like, uh, the Adidas we talked about. Most of them are specifically one style of shoe, whereas Rihanna's got a Fenty collab where she's got pretty much anything that you're looking for in terms of footwear. I just like the range of that. Obviously, this is more for the female, so it's hard for me to do a, a deep dive into the shoe itself. Um, I think the boots look cool. I think they're, I think they're like real. I think they're simple, but I think they're real dope, just in terms of like the the fit from what I've seen. But yeah, like it's it's hard to do a real like deep dive into it. But I thought that it would be real cool to mention the uh, collab itself. Uh, yeah, Rihanna is, is always going to be a, a big icon in fashion. She's very different, very eccentric, and she brought it out with her shoe. Um, I like how she had the, uh, she had like a runner. Uh, she had like a regular old casual, like kind of like a Clyde, but not like 
really a Clyde. The soul was like massive. Yeah, the soul was like a wedge almost kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And the boots, uh, they're cool. They were like rain boots. And um, yeah, it, it was a pretty dope. I like the colorways too. Um, I heard they were comfortable. I know someone who has them. And yeah, I got a friend of mine who has like a, a pair of the boots and a pair of like the casuals. And yeah. actually, I think she has a pair of the athletic footwear too. She's like mm-hmm. real big. Uh, she's real into the Fenty. And yeah, she's she's a big fan of all that. So I I wanted to I wanted to bring that up just because I thought that it was great how she's able to kind of transition and how all of these artists are able to transition from the music world into the pop culture world and the uh, sneaker community, if you will, so seamlessly, really. Um, but if, I want to talk about since we're talking about transitioning, I want to talk about a transitional individual and icon. So if we go off the music, I want to touch on one sports figure, a transitional icon in the fashion industry and the world of fashion itself. I want to talk about Allen Iverson and the Reebok questions. Now, this obviously, as two Philly kids, AI is going to be near and dear to both of our hearts. So (laughs) there might be a little bias in this, but you're going to get a lot of accuracy with it too. So with that being said, I'm just going to give a little bit of background on it like I did prior. So uh, basically, Allen Iverson is largely credited for changing the way that people look at fashion in the NBA. And what I mean by that is AI really made longer basketball shorts famous. I mean, you see like the 80s and even like the early 90s dudes that were wearing like the short shorts. That was always the thing to do. And AI was kind of – Hey, I was the dude that was kind of like, yeah, nah, I'm not wearing these short shorts. Like, we're going to wear, like, long, baggy shorts. Uh, so he kind of made those jump off in the NBA. He made it cool to have, like, sleeve tattoos. Um, he made it cool to have, like, wearing the shooting sleeves. Uh, he made headbands really jump off braids. He was really – he was his – he walked his own walk, and it was just – it was dope to see. Uh, I'm sure for people that were obviously at the time when he was in the NBA and making all this stuff famous, people that were like, quote, outside, if you will, I'm sure it was dope for them as well. I'm sure it really meant a lot more to them than it might for you and I. But just kind of looking back at it, how he really changed the look of the game. You don't really see dudes in short shorts anymore. You see half the dudes in the league got like sleeve tattoos. Most of them got shooting sleeves, even if they can't shoot. Like it's a real, he was a transitional dude. Um, and all that to say is that made him a marketable athlete and icon, like I said, in sports fashion. So in 2001, Reebok made him a signature athlete, and they came out with, like I said, the Reebok questions. Uh, in about 10 years, AI is going to receive a $32 million trust fund from the contract he signed with Reebok. And, I mean, I think that's awesome that he'll be able to get that on, like, a back-end type of deal. Um, especially if you know AI, he went through a little bit of trouble in his days, I believe, at Georgetown, which almost kept him out of the league. So I think it's cool that he was able to kind of turn that around, turn himself into the icon that he is, and now it'll pay off for him and it's created generational wealth for his family. So I think that's really dope. But since we're a sneaker podcast, we're going to stick to the sneakers themselves, and we're going to talk about our favorite additions of the questions. If you want to start, you can. If I, if you want me to start, I can take it. It's your call, bro. I can start. All right, so my favorite questions were the double cross, the red toe, and they are like Philly colorways, the, the blue, and then you have the red and blue. Those are, those are two. And then the curtain calls, because that's when AI retired. Um, 
the Kobe Bryant uh, purple toe, but the four player editions only. And then um, I also like the Cameron editions with the uh, with the um, the camo, the purple camo. Yeah. Okay. And also uh, the Philadelphia Eagles edition. Really, you like the birds one? Yeah, only because you know for Philadelphia, that's like a really that's like another representation of Philly, like how yeah, yeah, yeah the double cross, the double toe, the double cross, and the red toes, Philly colorways. So yeah, yeah, I mean the double cross is obviously I think something that everybody's gonna really rock with. Uh, if we're talking about my favorite editions, I got two. So um, and I'm gonna be a little personal with it. I got a pair of uh, Georgetown colorways. I got them last year. I believe they dropped in 2020. The Georgetown colorway, I think, looks great with any shoe. I've seen it with the Jordan 3s where, like, we talked about the Jordan 3s before where it's kind of like almost an introduction to the Jays. But those would be, like, if I was to get 3s, I would get them at Georgetown colorway. That blue just really goes off for me. Um, It's like a subtle gray that I like with it. It's like an accent on there. Uh, the toe tone is like a suede material, which I usually don't like on a shoe, but it looks well with that. I think if it was like a rubber type of material, it would look real basic and like it might look a little bulky on there, honestly. I think the, the suede kind of really tones that down a little bit, but also adds a nice little pop to it. Those, obviously, I'm, I'm a big fan of just the, the number on the back, like the little, the ankle three. But, uh, yeah, those Georgetown colorways are near and dear to me. I've worn them, I think, I want to say I've worn them three times now. Um, I'm trying not to get too much run on them just because I don't want to dirty them up too much. I mean, I can always just try to go through them, like, you know, clean them. But the suede, it's hard to clean the suede, man. So yeah. um, that's my one pair. And I also like uh, there's Ankle Reapers that came out in 2020. Those were ones that I was uh, bidding on on StockX for a bit. But I, I kind of died back off of those just in terms of, like, I was looking at other things. So I didn't lose my interest in them. I still have that interest, and I'm still probably going to get them at some point. But the uh, ankle reapers, what I like about them, it's kind of like a cream color. And on that back logo, instead of a three, it's like it's a Grim Reaper. So if anybody knows AI, they know his game. Some of the best handles in the history of basketball – some of the most iconic crossovers in the history of basketball. You're talking about Tyron Lue. You're talking about Michael Jordan. I mean, like, the Ankle Reapers have more meaning than just, like, the name and the cool little logo on the back. But I think that the color really uh, works well with it. So um, those are my two favorites. Obviously, like you said, the double crosses are something that everybody's going to like, and it's something that I'm always interested in. But, yeah, I like the ones that not a lot of people really knew about. So the Georgetown and the ankle reaper with that that clean color and that grim reaper back, those are those got to be the two that I would say are my uh, favorites. Yeah, yeah, I respect I respect AI, and that's my favorite player of all time. Um, yeah, man. Watch, watching him growing up, he had some crazy highlights, crazy moves, but also I like how he merged like I don't, like how he merged like the streets, hip hop, and sports perfectly. It was like super perfect and how he also shows that connection with his sneakers like um he gives back to georgetown he he represents georgetown where he went to college um also like how he does commercials he did a commercial with uh jada kiss i think he gave jada kiss like a huge endorsement with reebok 
for the for the shoot. Yeah, I believe so. And then he paid homage to Cameron, I think, who was one of his favorite rap artists. So it's like AI put on for the culture heavy. heavy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you said, jumping into those lanes, mixing uh, hip hop culture with basketball, which was something that the league wasn't really too comfortable with and people weren't really exposed to yet at the time. Yeah. He made that dope. He made that cool. And now it's like every everybody that I see doing it to me follows AI's lead. Um, mm-hmm. So, and again, that might be a little biased from a couple of people whose favorite athlete is Allen Iverson, a couple of Sixers fans. But, I mean, like if you ask me, the first jersey I ever wore out casually, like to a non-basketball game, was an AI jersey. So, like just – but it, he was that transcendent to where it went past the game. You could use his image, his likeness, and his style as fashion statements. Um, yeah. And now we see that becoming such a big thing in the league where now dudes are creating stuff and they're wearing stuff just for the fashion purposes. So I really credit AI with a big part of that. And those questions to me are always going to be connected to that. So I'm glad that we got to touch on that. Thanks. Um, so that is the end of the topics that we were going to get to today. But before I let you guys go, before we sign off, I do want to mention to y'all that dead stock might be taking a little bit of a break, but we are coming back better than ever. We have, uh, we got something in the works, bro. We got something in the works. We are putting things together right now. We, we dotting the I's, we crossing the T's and we're going to come back for y'all. We got some content. We're going to expand a little bit and we're going to really, Really tighten this thing up and really get something going for you guys. Um, I'm really excited to bring it to you. Hopefully, you're on the lookout. We'll be promoting. We'll be advertising in the coming weeks, in the coming months. And, yeah, man, uh, this has been dope. This has been a great start. This is nowhere near the end. Uh, This is just a launching pad for myself. This is a continuation for you, bro. Again, always stream that major lifeline and keep streaming dead stock DSP on DSPs. I'm super excited, man. You want to say anything about what we got coming? First and foremost, I'd like to say thank you for having me a part of your journey. This is your journey. Uh, you know me, bro. I'm proud. Got my support. Anything. Um, I actually enjoyed this. Uh, you know me. I took a little took a little nap on podcasting. You, you brought me back out. So yeah, man. Uh, yeah, man. We got we got to shake the rust off. <laughs> yeah, facts. So I think uh, this summer. This summer. So he was talking about, right? Yeah, summer 21 is where we're really going to get it jumping off. We're going to get our stuff going. Uh, Major Lifeline is going to be in the works as well. And, mm-hmm. yeah, again, like I said, we appreciate you guys for being with us for these four episodes. We're going to get, we're gonna come back bigger and better. Um, thank you all. Keep listening. Keep streaming. Keep supporting. Much love. Much appreciation. With that, we're going to sign off. Peace and love. Be easy. And we out.